Okay, so what are biblical standards for Christian leaders? Like any believer, a Christian leader is not called to perfection in either character or competence. However, Christian leadership is a serious undertaking. Leaders may be encouraged that the Lord equips and empowers those he calls, yet also sobered by the exhortations and warnings to those who represent the Lord through leadership. So, for example, Christian leaders are called to adhere to the characteristics mentioned in 1 Timothy 3, Titus 2, and 1 Peter 5, and other places, but those are key leadership lists. And they should exp express their leadership within a plurality of leadership, e.g. elders, also known as pastors, plurality. And then spiritual fathers, as church leaders and similar, like the physical fathers mentioned in Colossians 4.1, should remember that they also have a master in heaven. They should be aware that those who teach will be judged more strictly, James 3.1, and that all who keep watch of God's people must give an account, Hebrews 13.17. And I was just reading this morning in my devotion, uh, 2 Chronicles 19, uh, Je King Jehoshaphat he charged those who he put in charge of God's people in the various cities, um, saying, consider what you do. To so these leaders, consider what you do. For you judge not for man, but for the Lord. He is with you in giving judgment. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no injustice with the Lord our God or partiality or taking bribes. And uh, if any Christian leader of any form needs uh, an extra injection of the fear of the Lord, take a look at Ezekiel 34. It's a, really an ominous warning to self-centered and abdicating shepherds of his people. So there are indeed biblical standards for Christian leaders. Let's talk next about Christian relationships. All humans, Christians or not, uh, we are relational beings. And with this comes the potential to bless and be blessed by others or hurt and be hurt by others. For a Christ follower, a Christian... This double-edged potential to bless and be blessed or hurt and be hurt is enhanced by the family dynamic of the people of God. Remember the primary description of God as father and of the church as family. And it's not just any old family. We are told that we as God's people, that's leaders and followers and a whole matrix of relationships, God gives us a unity of the Spirit. That's given to us. Therefore... Christian relationships that are infused with God's Spirit have immense potential to bless us. Because we've got God in these relationships. However, if these relationships go wrong, the integral nature of relationships and spirituality mean that not only relationships, but also faith can be fractured if there is relational breakdown. 
which, which means that we can be uniquely blessed by Christian relationships. We can also be uniquely hurt by Christian relationships. So, a place to begin. If you have been hurt by Christian leaders, it is usually best to take a moment to try and work out where you currently are on the spectrum of hurt and healing. And can I just interject at this point, I know that many of us have not been hurt, especially not significantly hurt by Christian leaders. You might have had the odd scratch, that's going to happen because no one's perfect. But there are others of us here who even now or quite recently in the past, you have been, you feel that you have been significantly hurt. That's the group that I'm particularly speaking to at the moment, those who feel significantly hurt. I've put together the following spectrum to help those who have been significantly hurt by Christian leaders in the hope that you'll be able to begin to locate yourself on the journey that you are on. Knowing where you are is important to know how to continue. And there are four markers on the spectrum and below each are some representative anecdotal state statements. So the question is, which mar marker most closely represents you on the spectrum? Um, so the person in, at point one on the spectrum has said no to their faith, the Christian faith. They've said no to church, and they've said no to Christian leaders. The whole lot, they would say, is a failed, Christianity is a failed experiment, and my association with Christianity and church is over. Column two, they're saying yes still to the Christian faith, but no to church and no to leaders. Jesus is not the problem, the church is. I will never darken the doors of a church again, except maybe at Easter to remind myself of what I am not missing. <laughs> a few of us who used to be in church get together for Bible study and fellowship once a month. It's better than nothing, and I don't have to deal with church issues anymore. I am too distrustful of authority figures in the church to be in a church. Then point three on the spectrum, saying yes to the Christian faith, still. Yes to church, still. But church leaders, no. That's the, the area of struggle, extreme struggle, significant struggle. So anecdotal phrases to represent this position would be Jesus is not the problem, church is not the problem, church leaders are. I've seen church leaders be deeply hypocritical, even worse, and I'm once bitten, twice shy, therefore I stay at the edge of church. I advocated my former church leaders to many others who trusted me. When those church leaders let me down, it also felt like I had let others down, and I have a sense of guilt about that, which is hard to shake. 
Another anecdotal statement from this part of the column, I regret the commitment I gave to my old church. I will never fully commit to another church. I will stay on the periphery. My old church advocated small groups and tithing and other things, and the leaders proved to be untrustworthy. I now struggle to trust any church leader who advocates these things. I struggle to listen to pastors who are paid by the church when they exhort us to give money because they must have a conflict of interest. That was point three on the spectrum. Point four on the spectrum, saying yes to faith, Christian faith, yes to church, and yes to leaders, Christian leaders, albeit maybe with a gulp. Anecdotal statements, despite my ordeal, I believe in God, and I am believing again for healthy church with healthy leadership. I am no longer naive, and I try not to be cynical. I try to be self-aware and have friends around me who help me with that. Though I am able to commit to faith in God and participation in church, I am sometimes still tempted to judge all leaders based on my experience with a few. I deeply grieve that some close to me have drifted from faith in God and meaningful participation in church life, but I hope to be part of creating a better story for our, next, for our generation and the next. So the question there is which marker most closely represents where you are on the spectrum? And obviously if you're talking to a friend who is in this kind of on this spectrum somewhere, that would be the question for them. Then, where to? What, what to do when you've figured out approximately where you are on the spectrum? Well, I haven't got advice, but I have a few reflections. Being significantly hurt by people you trusted to care for your soul and guide you in your faith in Christ bears deep weight and can have many layers. The after effects are complex and it takes time and much grace to move forward. It takes courage to re-engage at all with church and church leaders. There is always risk involved in relationship and on the back of your experience, you no doubt feel particularly vulnerable. Wherever you find yourself as a result of your past experience, I pray the Holy Spirit will comfort strengthen and encourage you to take another step forward in restoring faith in God and in all that he intends for us in terms of Christian community. As we move forward together, and a healthy church must keep moving forward, you are welcome to a turn on the stretcher. I believe the forward motion and the camaraderie of Christ's community around you will be a strong healing environment. You likely have questions. You are free to ask them, even the really hard and pointed ones, without fear of rebuff. Or you might find you need extra reassurances on things that others may not. You might say, I might be reading too much into this, but can you please reassure me again on X? Or you said Y. What did you mean by that? You said Z. 
Can you just unpack that a little bit more? There is no judgment or black marks against you for asking these things. Please do. And then a final thought. Biblical and subsequent church history is a series of troughs and peaks in terms of the faithfulness of the people of God generally. I think we are currently in a trough in terms of church leadership. We may be in a trough in other areas of Christian witness and church life, but I think we're certainly at a trough in terms of Christian leadership in our generation. To catalyze any type of resurgence, God always uses a frail but willing remnant who choose against the run of play to trust him for renaissance, for renewal. The tide of leadership integrity has gone out. And those who have been hurt by the, the retreating tide have especially good reason to leave the beach for higher ground. But maybe God will give you grace to remain on the beach. I believe your prayers and resilience and your swallow, believe again posture, will be honored by God as he soon sends a huge redemptive wave to break again on our shores that will bring a new day of healthy relationships in the church, both leaders and followers, for our generation and the next.